An appearance of a pandemic can make any wise person reconsider their lifestyle options. As so many companies moved to working from home, Melburnians looked to moving around the state for better quality of life for themselves and their children. Today, we will talk to Will Walton, co-principal director at Bell Property in Dalesford and Trentham about how to create a new lifestyle in regional Victoria and what you need to think about. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. Real Estate Right is a podcast that helps buyers, sellers, renters and investors how to do real estate right. And we seem to be onto a good thing. As more and more people download the podcast to find out exactly what they need to consider when they think about real estate. If you are learning a lot and want to know more, we would love it if you could subscribe, rate and review us on your favourite podcast service to keep the momentum going and the podcasts flowing. Will Walton is the co-director of the highly successful, high-performing Bell Property Offices in Dalesford and Trentham, looking after the Hepburn Shire and Macedon Ranges. Will is a highly regarded voice about lifestyle change when it comes to moving to regional Victoria. He is often quoted in many recognised websites and publications, including domain.com.au, realestate.com.au, realestatebusiness.com.au and Australian Country Style Magazine for his lifestyle transitional expertise. Will has a family heritage in the Dalesford area, so he knows the landscape both literally and as a community like the back of his hand. Will has been in the real estate industry for over 20 years and is passionate about regional tourism and investment. We welcome him today to talk about making the regional Victoria lifestyle change. Welcome, Will. Yay. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Sue, how about yourself? Yeah, well, thank you. Now, well, what made you decide to have a career in real estate? Oh, well, <laughs> real estate sort of found me eventually. Yeah. I, I had actually attempted to get a career in real estate in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And, and people basically said, you know, it's really not the career that we think, that, you know, you should take up. And I was actually working for an advertising agency looking after a number of large organisations with loyalty programs Mm. and coming up with ideas about how they could obviously build their brands and get better brand recognition. Mm -hmm. So in some ways it was a little bit like real estate. We had, instead of having lots of clients, I had three important clients Mm -hmm. and uh, every 12 months that authority as such was always being re-signed again. And of course with that re-signing came the uh, gainful employment of another 20 people within the team. Yes. So it got a little bit stressful, I say. So mm. I think uh, at the end of a few years of doing that, I finally really threw myself into the idea that I would be a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was lucky enough to get my first gig 
uh, with a uh, company whereby the boss was in fact told by someone else to give me a job and my, basically my interview was over the telephone and I was told in about three sentences, you've got a job with us. So <laughs> that was great. That was, that was very encouraging. Yes. So, uh, and the, and have, I haven't looked back since. I suppose I've enjoyed the whole roller coaster ride of, of the career. Yes, it is a bit of a roller coaster, especially when uh, financial changes happen in the global economics. Absolutely. <laughs> so, getting into the questions of you know creating a new lifestyle in regional Victoria, what makes country living so different to city living? Well, the first thing that people realise very quickly, we don't have any traffic lights in some of our regional areas. And, and come, what comes with that, of course, is no peak hour traffic. Mm. Um, so, you know, even if you are actually commuting to Melbourne, if you plan the trip correctly, you'll find it pretty much a smooth ride as you're going against the traffic on a lot of occasions. So, um, you know, it's, it's really is that, that for me, um, I think the biggest thing about, you know, we spend so much time in our cars commuting and I've noticed particularly in the last 10 years, when, um, or in my last period of living in Melbourne, the, the last few years there, the constant stop, start, stop, start, whether it be Punt Road, Hobble Street, uh, St Kilda Road, it was just getting so monotonous. Mm. So uh, we're very, I'm very happy to say that, you know, I can either walk or drive or bicycle to my home even from my office, but even if I live 10 minutes out, um, it's a, it's a very clear and easy ride, and of course, you know we've got the beautiful scenery to enjoy along the way. Yes, as well as the kangaroos. And yes, the kang kang kangaroo, but don't forget the wombats. They're very the cute wombats. too. They are very <laughs> cute because of course we're surrounded here by the wombat state forest. Oh, okay. So that's why you have more wombats. Yeah, but... wombats exactly. Yes, I actually have a, a wombat living under my house at, up in on Eildon. So you know. Oh, how cute. Digs a, digs a bit of a hole. <laughs> yep. yep. They keep to themselves. They're lovely. They yeah, they're lovely. <laughs> so what do you find as the typical demographic that makes the move to regional Victoria? Sure. Look, I, there's a real mix. The, the primary demographic of age has, since the internet has improved, mm. has probably lowered a lot more. So there are more families but traditionally it used to be somewhere between 50 to 60. It's probably now lowered down to 35 to 60-year-olds. Okay. Um, more so. Uh, lots of people who, I, I think when you look at people, you know, think about their, their situation and their per, personal circumstance, mm. especially in the current environment, people are really re-evaluating that. Um, so you've, you've got the people who, of course, moving here full-time. Then you've got people who... they they transition into living here. So part of their life um, allows them or their working career allows them to think about a transition into half work, half home living. And that means that they can have a semi-retirement lifestyle of maybe having Monday and Friday off from the office, mm -hmm. giving them four days in a, in a, in a holiday setting mm -hmm. and then going back to their, their actual principal place of residency in, in the Metro city um, on that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and there's a lot of, lot of people transitioning into that. And, of course, we have people who buy holiday investments here. Our, our town, particularly of Dalesford um, and Hepburn Springs, has an extremely high number of privately owned holiday rental properties. 
and the returns on those can be up to 12%. Mm. So, and it's, it's interesting. It's something that's like a word of mouth thing with investors. Slowly, slowly people find out. Or when someone moves here, they don't move here with the intention of owning some type of Airbnb proposition. But then what happens is they find out the people next door to them have got a one or two bedroom cabin or cottage in their backyard Mm. and they could be returning 30 or $40,000 a year income from that, from that particular investment because most of our accommodation, if well-priced and well-marketed usually has a hundred percent weekend occupancy all year round. We don't rely on the sun or the snow for our for our actual tourism it's an all year round tourism market yeah which is amazing really it's fantastic yeah yeah we actually had a uh, an airbnb expert on well, episode 10 i believe and she was talking about getting between 20 and 30% return on her properties yes amazing um it she is amazing yes yeah she bought a house in H down the peninsula as in mornington peninsula um for around 860 thousand dollar mark and she was returning two hundred and eighty six thousand dollars a year on it. That's like, fantastic. Insane. So yes. yes, it's um it's when you've got the right formula to to run your Airbnb, you can make some good money. We we have a very, very sophisticated and well run tourism board here locally. Yes. And they're they're amazing. They they do like uh beautiful magazine inserts every 90 days into the age on a Saturday promoting the region. And uh, I I don't know how many times people turn on postcards or the getaway show, but Dalesford and and Trentham and Hepburn Springs always seem to be uh, a focus every few weeks because it's such such a great product. Oh, it is. And and the thing is you you can have the sunshine, you can get a little bit of snow, you can get a bit of... um, you know, it's it's culture. It's it's high end or high brow. It's it's hipsters. It's you know, it's everything, isn't it? In between, yeah, it is Ab- yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, what are some of the reasons why people move from the city to the country? Well, I think first is affordability, the financial yeah. freedom and independence that uh, owning a property here can offer whether it be a holiday investment or if it be your principal place of residency, that's probably one of the main drivers is the culture, the the ongoing arts festivals and award-winning restaurants, cafes and absolutely beautiful picturesque wineries. That mm. is a huge reason why uh, people sort of fall in love with our region. I have a, a, a theory that, if people come here three or four times in a 12-month period as a tourist, mm. their fifth or sixth time is usually when they've made that buying decision to buy a property mm. here or even move here. Yeah. So we've, we've had a lot of people who have told us they came here for the first time as a tourist and then they bought a house. Yeah. Quite amazing. I've been quite surprised about that. And we have this fantastic uh, array and selection of both period homes and more recently some really sharp architecturally modern designed properties that will stand the test of time and, and have got really great design principles factored into their whole uh, appearance and look. So, and the great thing about it is you can have something like a beautiful mid-century inspired bestowed 
home yeah. built for you here on a, on a lovely block of land for about 1.2, where that same property in either Fitzroy or St Kilda or Elwood may have cost you up to three and a half, four million. Yeah, it's it's a massive difference in price, isn't there it? Is. Absolutely. So I said, if you wanted to buy a four-bedroom family home in, say, Glen Waverley, you'd be looking at around $1.3 What would you be spending in the Salesford area? Well, see, the difference probably is that the home in Glen Waverley, it it may have been built very, very well and very nicely in the 1980s, potentially, uh, where here you can get something which is either fully renovated period home of a, of a lovely Edwardian or Victorian or a very much bespoke architecturally designed modern home. Mm. Um, some of the modern homes that are being built here are done in such a way by such good architects that I would say they possibly don't date like an everyday home may do that was built sort of in, in, the, in the 80s or 90s uh, in Metro Melbourne. So, yeah. um, I mean, the, the designs that are out there at the moment some beautiful black barns with uh, mm. facade glazed glassing all the way through with the light shines through at night. Um, mm. and, and they just look absolutely spectacular. Yeah. So what would you be spending on something like that? Would it be sort of similar, the 1.3 mark for something architect designed? Or, or it could you... start as low at 900, depending on okay. where the location is and the size of the land. Yeah. Or it could go up to 1.3, 1.4. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we, we sell such cross-section. The great thing about it is there's, uh, you can come here and say, look, my budget is 650 or 750 mm. and you can still potentially get three bedrooms and two bathrooms. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. And with also those architect design homes, there's a lot of thought going into fire safety and, uh, Absolutely. You know, concerns and all lots of stuff so you really are getting a, a very well-built well-designed home whereas you know if you're going to some of the estates in say Cranbourne or or Point Cook or something like that they're very cookie cutter yes look a certain yeah, way there's no doubt that our, the homes in our region are very discerning in the way that mm. they're built uh, and they're there and they're, the reason for that simply is our market here mm in both Hepburn Shire and the Macedon Ranges, is a very discerning consumer. Um, mm. And that's probably why when you look at the food culture here and the yeah. arts culture, um, you know, the amount of uh, very much exceptionally high-end award-winning restaurants that we have. I mean, mm. in the last five years, the restaurants that have opened here and blossomed has been extraordinary. Yeah. Yes, I was up there, I think, in June, I think, visiting a friend and, and yeah, it had been a while since I'd been up there. But it's, yeah, it's a beautiful spot and, um, and even just the undulating hills and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yes. You know? as, as you leave Melbourne and you're driving on the freeway, as you hit that first few rolling hills, that's when most mm. people tell me this whole aura of stress in their head and in their mind just completely lifts. It's like a clearing yes. of fog. Um, and, it is. and you come there's a particular bend you know is you can see these hills and you just come over that one bend and it takes you around a corner and you go right I've left Melbourne uh, and yes. uh, I'm, I'm now on, on my way to the country it's, it's a beautiful feeling actually as you go around that corner mm. 
Yes, I know what that's like. What choices are there in terms of property size and business opportunity for people living in Hepburn Shire? Well, look, as far as business opportunities go, um, look, I understand that there are some really good business grants available from government organisations mm-hmm. if you're looking at doing a regional business. Yeah. The, a lot of people who are in Metro Melbourne may also have a part-time hobby mm-hmm. uh, and find that when they move to living here and they may well continue their usual career, yeah. but find there's, there's more of an ability to test that hobby yeah. into an actual business. Mm-hmm. And, and that might simply be because the property they now live on is larger. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of it's got to do with space. Yes. Uh, they may well be. They may have sold their principal property in Melbourne, and still have quite a bit of money left over, mm. or they or they've simply reduced the size of their mortgage, mm. so they've got more discretionary funds yeah. to consider putting that into a hobby to turn it into an actual thriving regional business. Mm. So it's extraordinary the amount of cottage businesses oh, yeah. that we find in the country. Yeah. It's just amazing, and it could be. Something as simple as like llama breeding. Uh, it could be oh. llama breeding. That's right. I've met some llama breeders actually, uh, and uh, also alpaca breeders, I should say. Yeah. And um, and then people who you know they've got a real love for a particular vegetable or fruit yeah. or something like that, and uh, you know they might have just loved growing them in their little courtyard or balcony in Melbourne. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now they're on you know quarter acre plus of property. And they've put in all these veggie boxes or planted all these particular rows, um, you know, of fruit trees Mm. uh, because that's something that they just have a love for. Yeah. So it's really, really interesting uh, what people do. And um, and in the the arts side of things, um, you know, there's a a lady here who does uh, aromatherapies and teas. Mm. where her busy life in Melbourne just wouldn't have allowed her to do it, nor would she have been able to fit probably all the equipment and all the wares in her small one-bedroom apartment in Melbourne. Yeah. So there's lots of opportunity. It's, you know, it, it gives you a really good chance of working with your creativity. and, and Absolutely. Yeah and take it from there. So we will have a short break and come back with more from Will Walton from Bell Property, Dalesford and Trentham to talk about infrastructure, work flexibility and entertaining the kids. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm Sue Langada and I'm talking to Will Walton from Bell Property in Dalesford and Trentham about creating a new lifestyle in regional Victoria. So, Will, what are some of the infrastructure concerns that most city folk don't understand and are completely different to city life? Well, probably the first one is that people understand, people say they want to buy an acreage property. Mm-hmm. They haven't owned one before. Yep. And while it's an idyllic idea of sitting on the front veranda, you know, having a drink on a nice sun, sunny afternoon, yeah. there's actually a lot of work involved. Mm-hmm. And and it's a little bit the same scenario, when, but different. When someone says, I'm moving from Victoria, I'm going to chase the sun and go and live in a high-rise apartment in the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, just, it's the same idea. 
going into something that they've got all these ideas and thoughts about that they think are going to be positive. And there are aspects of, of all these changes which are positive, of course, but it's about being fully educated about what's involved. Mm. Um, so in regional areas, of course, when you're outside of what we call a township, yeah. so you'll have a township, an area which is zoned township, and if it's, if it's got, you know, a major street uh, infrastructure of retail stores and things like that, mm. it's usually going to have the infrastructure of um, sewerage facilities and it's going to have, obviously, power and gas. Mm -hmm. Now, if you live outside of a township area, and some areas can be zoned township but not actually be a, you know, a thriving metropolis of a, of a small country town, mm -hmm and be more of a speck, you blink and you've driven through it. Those areas, of course, they run on tank water. Nothing mm -hmm. wrong with tank water. Um, of course, we have some, you know, we have really good quality rainwater here, of course, in our region. And consistently, we have enough water to fill tanks. But, of course, you could always get the tank man to come along and fill your tank up. Yes. What people realise, of course, is that there's the benefit to this is that there's no infrastructure cost. So you don't get a water bill from a water authority. Mm -hmm. and, you, and the only usage you're paying for is what you store yourself or you have the tank uh, water man bring your own water to you and fill you up, which is still somewhat cheaper than what you might find if you're paying um, for, for a water bill in the city. Yes. So that's probably the first thing. And the other, the other thing, of course, is septic. Not mm. having a sewage system, um, you know, fundamentally uh, your lavatory will still flush just like every other lavatory does to to whoever's using it, of course, but in the actual garden on your property somewhere, there'll be a septic system. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have so, in the last few years, particularly with off grid living, they have become really sophisticated in mm -hmm. the brands that, uh, and structures of how they all work. Uh, and as a result, there's no big deal about having one of those. And it may, I think councils nowadays require it maybe once every 12 months also for them actually to have been inspected mm -hmm. um, for health and safety reasons, of course. So they're the main things. Some people have got a real passion for living off-grid yes. and, and will add uh, a solar battery uh, arrangement into their actual property. Mm -hmm. uh, and those types of properties, you know, they, 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 they get the benefit, of course, of, uh, you know, low, well, no electricity bills and, of course, uh, no water bills. Mm. So the utilities, of course, um, are nil. And the only thing they're paying for is council rates. Yes. So, you know, they're probably the biggest differences. And when you have a logical conversation with someone and they sit back and take it all in, and even if they go meet someone who lives on a property similar to the one they may well be looking at buying, mm. um, they come around pretty quickly to realising that it's not a big deal. Yeah. And... It there's a lot of ways you can set these things up. I've I've been to a house in Hillsville which was off the grid. Yes. However, she had a generator as a backup instead yep. of the uh, the battery backup, I guess, and that cost quite a large sum of money to run a generator versus having the the um, the solar. But in saying that, her house was completely surrounded by gum trees, so she sure. wasn't she wasn't getting the full benefits of the sun yeah. where she was. So you really have to make sure your property is completely cleared um, of any neighbouring trees, if you like, um, to really benefit from that solar power. 
Um, I think it's all got to do with the location of the home and the design of the home and the installation yes. for, for, those, for, for solar, that is, of course. Yeah. The, um, and look, if you get the right size battery, the yeah. generator is something that is rarely ever going to need to be used. Some mm -hmm. holiday accommodation places that people find themselves on a, on a 50 or 100 acre um, property, which is, you know, unlike the others where they might be doing mowing all the time, they've mm. got, you know, kangaroos, you've got sheep, you've got everything grazing on the property, keeping it all nice and, um, you know, cut back. However, mm. um, the, the usage um, is not a lot because they're arriving on a Friday, leaving on a Sunday, yeah. um, and there's enough power to run, whether it, whether it be heating or cooling and, mm. and uh, cooking facilities. So um, it's not it's not a it's not a big deal. It's, and as long as it's well planned, you'll yeah. usually find you're okay. And that's the thing: you have to plan these things. You've got to understand that your gas bottles will run out, and your water tank will yeah. run out. It's limited resources, so you exactly. need to keep an eye on them all the time. Absolutely. Well, our council's really interesting. They're actually coordinating an off-grid solar battery in in. Uh, uh, group by, so to speak. I, yeah, so, that's so, 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 yeah, so because uh, our, our region's very much into sustainability. We've yeah. also, it's, it's quite interesting that our area um, has actually got one of Australia's first wind farm corporations. Mm. Um, so, you, and, you, and there was an ability where you could invest in that and you got power back as well. Yeah. So, so there's, there's, there's so many, you know, the innovation that happens in regional Australia is quite amazing. Yes. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's interesting even looking at um, a number of television programs recently seeing about what people have been able to re-go back and reinvigorate. So there mm. might have been an old factory or there might have been an old shed that was doing something in the 1930s or 40s, but, you know, whether it be from technology or something else has changed, but mm. modern technology has been reintroduced to that particular sector or manufacturing business and it's been revived again. I think I yeah. saw something in South Australia where a family um, who made some other type of component, I can't remember, and they had moved with the time so they were, you know, um, working in a contemporary environment, but they'd come up with a way to do inexpensive uh, ventilators for hospitals. Wow. So, you know, yeah, so, you know, like, I mean, we're, we really are a very innovative country and we're such a yeah. big landmass um, mm. and obviously the current COVID environment is driving people to consider living in regional locations a lot more than ever before. Oh, definitely. Look, I went to uh, King Island a couple of years ago and they have oh, a lovely. great barter system where yeah. you know, if, you've, if you've got a few fish, you know, I'll go down to the, mm -hmm. the farm with the cows yes. and I'll swap my fish for yep. <laughs> steak for the night and, and – there was it was such a low currency running um, little island because yes. everyone after each other, and and the solar power that they had generate because it's all solar and wind power, um, and the occasional bit of diesel. They said that most people are actually being given extra money from the suppliers to their solar power on their house is providing for the industry, so they're getting. Yes you know, $1,200 um, a quarter back as a credit. Well, actually, they're getting cash, not credits. They're getting cash from the power companies to uh, to to run the little island. Yeah, no, that, that's the, the things that are innovative things happening in regional communities is fantastic. Mm. We, like many other regional communities, we've actually got a community Facebook page. Yeah. 
and it would not be unusual for someone to say on the on, on that particular medium, "Hi, I've I've got four dozen eggs at the moment. I'm happy to swap them for blah blah blah." Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a really it's quite it's the one thing about regional living it, it becomes much more community focused than probably and people get to know their neighbours better or more without being on top of each other compared to being in a, in a metro inner city environment. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a nice way, nicer way to live, isn't it? It's, oh, it's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Now, I've got a listener question here. Carla from Faulkner wants to know if she can still maintain her city job while living in the country. Absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine with stage four lockout restrictions, Carla could definitely work anywhere. Yes. Uh, but I, I think it depends on the industry, but I see moving forward, there's going to be a lot more flexibility around the work from home arrangements into the future. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be corporations that see yeah. that the high rise tower for employees uh, may become less required or less space required. Mm-hmm. There might be more hot desking. Yeah. And when not at the hot desk, you may find that you're allowed to work in a regional environment or from, from a metro environment at home, you know, wherever you may live. Yeah. So the flexibility will be there. Mm. Uh, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. We can see that coming. Yeah. Um, and, look, we're lucky where we are. And in Victoria, in, in most places, if you think about it, yeah. A lot of regional centres in Victoria could be a commute by car if people chose to and they enjoy driving. Yes. And, but then we also have a good infrastructure um, set up with public transport. We know that a lot of people in our region here will actually drive to either Woodend, Balan or Kyton train station and we're actually very lucky because we're actually right in the middle of both the Bendigo and the Ballarat train lines. Mm. And, and we're sort of at the, we're at the, the closer part of the, where before they really branch out. Yeah. So, um, you know, or if you're on the, you know, on the Bendigo highway or on the Western highway, it's an easy run into Melbourne, yeah. but uh, parking your car at a satellite train station and then pulling out the laptop, of course, yeah. and hot, hot syncing your phone, you can get a lot of work done. Um, on the way to the office and that may mean that you have less hours of work required in the office even. Mm. So there's a whole compounding benefits to living in, in regional Australia, of course, and working for a, uh, an organisation that might be metro-based. Yeah, so how, how long's the the journey from those train stations to, say, Southern Cross Station? About 50 minutes. That's not too so, bad. That's like, you know, like a month into the city, it's... Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. The Glen Waverley line or the Frankston line. So if, you know, if someone was, uh, you know, getting on either of those train lines at the very start, mm. they're pretty much in the same and there's nowhere near the amount of stops, mm. uh, of course. So, you know, it's, and it's a pretty smooth, comfortable ride yeah. into Southern Cross train station. Yeah, nice. That's what we want. So, yeah, um, Carla said that her boss had offer, offered her a work-life balance to work two days a week from the office and three days from home. Um, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, what, in terms of a car drive from Dalesford to the city, what, you're looking at an hour and a half maybe? Depending on what time of the day you leave. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you may make an arrangement to arrive at work earlier but then leave work earlier as yeah. well. 
Um, we've got a number of professionals who do that, who work one or two days a week in Melbourne. Yeah. And, and as a result, and they may well even decide to stay one night a week in Melbourne with a friend or a relative. Mm. Um, so that's another option as well yeah. to keep uh, some sort of sense of connection yeah. to their Melbourne social life. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the career changes people tend to do when they move to regional Victoria? Have, have you seen career changes or do you think people still stay in their own little um, bubble of what they know? I think a lot of people continue with their existing careers. However, um, others have chosen to either start a small business, mm. they've bought an existing business potentially mm-hmm. uh, that might be up for sale. Um, so there's a lot of that that goes on as well. Yeah. Uh, what we're seeing here in our region anyway, of course, in Dalesford and Trentham, is the, an enormous amount of growth ironically, in the retail sector. Mm. And even during the lockdown period, we've leased, I think, four high sort of profile located uh, retail sites. Mm. Uh, And the interesting thing is that the rents that Dalesford commands particularly are not much different than what you might find in, um, you know, Glenfrew Road, Hawthorne, uh, Camberwell, or even uh, Chapel Street, South Yarra. So... Uh, the retail sector here pays quite high rent, mm. but the foot traffic in normal times, it is like you're in a shopping centre like High Point or, or Chadston Shopping Centre on the footpath here. It's constant it's, yeah. uh, from Saturday morning, Sunday morning, all the way through. And, of course, not to mention school holidays and long weekends. Mm. Um, you know, and because of all the festivals we have here, uh, it just thrives. Um, so the retailers, um, you know, if as long as they're well, the products they're selling are obviously good quality, which they usually are, and of course, uh, you know, priced competitively, yeah, uh, they do extremely well. And some of them who have been here for a long time have developed really loyal online customers. Yes. Each weekend, we would get up to about thirty thousand tourist visits wow. into our into our main street. Now that's a lot of people. Oh, it is. <laughs> so you know, their their numbers that you know, that Chapel Street and Ackland Street don't get on the Sunday. No. So the, um, that's why uh, it's it's a really thriving, you know, uh, economic centre as far as uh, retail. And so during the week we get sort of have a bit of a lull in terms of, uh, you know, the, obviously the tourists don't come in, but you, you'll get things like conference or something. Yeah, we have, con- we have lots of conferences here. Yeah, yeah. So there's a number of hotels here that are big enough to cater for conference groups. Mm. Um, It's very, very popular um, with also that health and beauty slash spa, Mm. day spa uh, sector. Yeah. uh, That's seen as also a rewarding type place to bring staff members as a, as a, as a team retreat. Yes. So, so midweek we benefit from that. And of course, Dalesford seems to be a little bit of an anchor location. Mm. So we have surrounding us, as I mentioned before, a lot of smaller towns and uh, small sort of locations mm. that come into Dalesford and uh, do their weekly shopping here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a thriving hub, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm surprised, yeah. it, you know, it hasn't happened. And we can see it happening very soon, um, you know, at the moment, we've got two, about to have three of the major petrol station chains operating in our town. We've already got yes. a, a, you know, a very busy 
and successful Coles supermarket. Uh, and now we've got uh, an extra deli that's just opened with a second one about to open soon that are quite large. So, uh, mm. you know, in, while there's lots of fresh food produce from um, Sunday markets, uh, the reality yeah. is that there will be a lot more retail focus, I think, opening up here in the next two to three years. Yeah, nice. So how do we keep the kids entertained up in, in Dalesford? The, the thing is that we're very close for a short drive to Ballarat. And Ballarat okay. is one of Victoria's and Australia's largest growing metropolitan cities. It really is a city these days. Yeah. It's no longer the small yeah. little gold rush town. Um, it's a thriving mm. metropolis and it has competing cinema complexes. It has the play gyms. It has all those things. And um, yeah. it's only about a 30 to 35 minute drive from Dalesford. And okay, it's not too- no, it's not too far at all. In fact, um, if you live in Dalesford and you so choose to send your children to one of the premium primary and secondary schools in Ballarat, which there are a number of very, very highly regarded private schools. There's a number of private buses which leave Dalesford daily and come back, which are run by the schools. And so it's actually a direct, pretty much door-to-door service to the schools, whether that be Clarendon Mm -hmm. College, whether it be St Pat's, Loretto, or even, of course, Ballarat Grammar. Um, and they're, they're beautiful looking schools. The grounds are amazing. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So, so a lot of the kids that live here full time um, do go to schools there. We then have here in Dalesford, of course, Dalesford High, which runs some of the most extraordinary science uh, programs and things. So there's a real mix of educational opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. So... When it comes to the idea of keeping kids busy on the weekends, um, we have every type of sporting organisation here thriving. In fact, we don't have one. We have two AFL football clubs, one in Dalesford and one in Hepburn. Um, We also have uh, a soccer club, which is very, Mm -hmm. very, very much a a real big, um, successful family organisation. We also have a newly reformed, cricket club um, which mm-hmm. which does extremely well and they're, they're winning apparently lots and lots of their actual um, grades that they're actually competing in but of course because we're in rural we, we can't forget the amount of pony clubs that we have here so oh, of course you do of course pony, pony club. club pony club very important <laughs> so whether, whether, yeah. whether it be simply for enjoying recreational riding whether it actually be for dressage show jumping and even polo so we have mm. a lot of um, equestrian facilities here uh, of, yeah. because, you know, as you would expect in a discerning regional setting, um, we have some very eye-watering, you know, plush-looking uh, equestrian settings here too, which, you know, are sep- oh, sure, sure. which are very much separate to the whole racing industry, which has a, uh, a bit of a, a footprint here as well. Um, but, mm-hmm. of course, the recreational use and enjoyment of equestrian riding uh, is very live and well in our region here, for sure. But we have, but we have lovely, um, what do you call it, horticultural shows. Oh, horticultural shows, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. So if you're into coloured chickens yeah. or the best jams and chutneys, of course, and cakes, yes. uh, but, of course, a large part of the uh, agricultural shows, of course, 
and all all around us there's a whole calendar of them yes so we have one in kingston we have one in dalesford uh and the the highlight of a lot of those of course or what takes up a lot of the space is of course the uh, horse events yes so uh, particularly the dressage and the the most magnificently groomed the way that um, people look after their horses is absolutely beautiful yeah nice what are some of the things that locals love about the country life? Obviously, healthier lifestyle, homegrown products, the community feel, financial freedom. What are the things that uh, locals love about the country life? I just think that personally, it's the relaxation side of it. Yeah. Um, and stress and being, being feeling the, the lack of stress. Yes. Uh, you know, whether, whether that's because you're in an area that you're not um, so highly densely populated, mm-hmm. um, whether it's simply that you're out outside with nature a lot more, um, you know, people get stressed about finances and there's no doubt about it. The financial side of living in a regional centre such as ours mm. uh, may not be everywhere, but our regional centre particularly offers that financial freedom for you to enjoy a larger home a la- on a larger property yeah. um, and a quality home at that. Uh, you know, so th- that real really does help, and of course, being able to grow your own fruit and vegetables. Yeah, um, there's nothing better than that, and uh, being able to go and check on the chickens in the chicken coop yes. and get your own eggs each morning. Yeah, nice. It really makes you want to move to Dalesford or Trentham or anywhere away from the hustle and bustle from the city life. So thanks so much, Will, for letting us know about Dalesford's lifestyle and the freedom it creates. If Real Estate Right listeners want to know more, how can they get in touch with you? They can always contact me through, of course, Bell Property uh, in Dalesford at any time or, or shoot me an email through the website. More than happy to chat with anyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, look, at the, at the end of the day, while I don't have a book to plug, I do invite everyone to consider a regional escape, particularly in this COVID period once people are allowed to travel. And uh, go out there, Google Dales for Tourism. Yes. Our region, our, you know, our region will certainly offer them a warm welcome and who knows, they may never want to leave and come and relocate here. That sounds perfect. So thanks again, Will. We will put your details and Dales for Tourism details on our show notes so listeners Fantastic. can get in touch. Uh, next week we have Nicole Jacobs back on to help us with our bidding tactics when it comes to bidding at the spring auctions, but also Barry Sloan, a freelance auctioneer, to explain to us what auctioneers are looking for when you're getting ready to bid. It's perfectly time for the mad rush to the end of the year with Melbourne coming back with an auction frenzy. Don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production, hosted, written and produced by me, Sue Langada. I'd like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music and Zoom for our video link. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Real Estate Right on your favourite podcast platform. And if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on this podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right. Baby,